Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of You Know What It Is. It's the Hangover, and it is a Victory Monday, and we are feeling G-O-O-D. That is good. If we were cheese, we would be Gouda. What is going on, gentlemen? The Steelers beat the Carolina Panthers on Tobacco Road, and they beat the tar out of them. And the reason I'm saying beat the tar, you know, because it was a dominating performance all the way around. Feeling good, 24 to 16, and we are here to talk all about it. Shannon White, what is going on? Just, uh, like I said, I didn't get to go to the, the game because I was sick. And uh, and I hate to miss the opportunity because I had tickets. But at least I was able to watch them be victorious from the comfort of my couch while I was getting better. So I am feeling better. And so I'm happy with the results. I was thinking the whole time watching that you just upped the streak to eight and oh. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, wish. I was I giving wish. you credit. So there you go. So I'm sure that you had more of a front row seat and a better seat to see Marcus Allen <sighs> implode. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it on this show because you're very vociferous about that. I can't <laughs> wait to get you started on that before we do that. Happy Monday. Happy Victory Monday, Tony Defio. Happy Victory Monday to you guys, too. Uh, I was really impressed uh, with Sunday's performance. I, it was the third time in four weeks that they went up against a equally uh, mediocre, if you will, foe, and they dominated them. And that mediocre foe had more on the line, and, and they were playing on the road, and they, they just kicked their butts. They scored it and reflected, but the performance on the field did, and I think that's a good sign. All right, so let's talk about those mediocre foes because I don't care who you beat you win it's a big deal and as far in the national football league it is because i heard some people talking well this would have not been good enough to take on buffalo it would have not been good enough to take on a team like you know kansas city but hey the texans took kansas city into overtime jacksonville beat the dallas cowboys so any mm -hmm. given saturday any given sunday anything could happen you could have the greatest you can have the greatest comeback in NFL history one weekend, you know, in which we had this weekend with Minnesota or uh -huh. Indianapolis. Uh -huh. Just amazing football there. There's some really good, really crazy endings. Really, I mean, this was one of those football weekends that I can tell you that anything had happened, and it did. I mean, you've got the Raiders and Patriots. You have <laughs> that Buffalo oh, game. I thought Buffalo um, kind of uh, – I think Miami got ripped off in that game, if you ask me. And speaking of being ripped off, whether you're a fan of the Commanders or not, they got hosed. <laughs> Two plays in a row at the end of that game, absolutely screwed into the wall. Um, terrible stuff. But Pittsburgh, happy. Cincinnati, happy. Cleveland, happy. The Ravens, they lose in the north, so you, that's going to make you happy too. And it makes you feel what might have been with the Steelers losing last week. But they're back on the winning track. They're 6-8. and eight. We're going to talk in this show what difference will that win make to the 2022 season or maybe just to the 2023 season. Who knows? Might make a difference to beyond. But we're going to talk about all of that. But i got to ask you guys a question. So on bad language, which I know you guys listen to it as soon as it comes out, on anywhere you download your favorite podcast. I know Shannon does. I know Tony does. I hope you all do as well in the mm -hmm. live chat. And remember, we can't do these shows without you. Um, so I know you guys listen to my show, but I'm going to reiterate anyway. The Steelers are kind of the best of the worst. They're the best of the disappointing teams. If you look at Tankathon and you look at the draft, right now they are number 14 in the draft. And of all the five and nine and six and eight teams, they they are the ones with the lowest draft pick of them all. So they are considered the best of the bad bunch. So what does that say to you right now? It's like you're not good enough to be really in the dance. You know, there's that outside shot, but you know that's that's gonna be, I mean that you're gonna go through it's easier to get like a home loan than for the Steelers to get in the playoffs, right? Um, so let me let me start with Tony. 
what do you make of that? Are they the best of a bad bunch? Because you know, I made that joke, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them dwarves because I don't think you could use the the M word anymore. But I I almost feel like they are the tallest dwarf on the little person basketball team. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's a good sign. I think it's a sign that that you know when they're when they're hitting on all cylinders close to all cylinders as they can be, you know, they're able to dominate teams that are on their level. And, you know, the, 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 the Falcons, the, the, the Panthers, they're all trying to get uh, back, you know, to respectability too, right. They're all, they're all in a rebuilding phase too, right. You know, the saints, uh, the Colts, even though they were were more was expected of them coming into the year, they're, they're a talented team, but they're having their struggles and they had to fire their coach. They're all, going through a rebuilding phase in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, like I said before, they beat them all up pretty good. They physically dominated them. But, uh, they're on the right track. I mean, because before you can get to the bills and the chiefs and the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles of the world, before you can, you can match up with them, you have to be able to, to, to dominate the teams on your level. And, and I think they're doing that right now. And, and I think it bodes well for, for uh, the, the near future. They have a young team, especially on offense. Uh, the offensive line struggled mightily earlier in the year. The running game was non-existent. Now, I mean, it's consistently good every week, except for against the Ravens. But uh, I think I think it's a good sign. And what kind of difference will this Carolina win make? Will it make an immediate one now, or it's, is it in the future? What What do you think? What do you make of this win? I think it was a bigger win than just the win because of how they won. The, since the bye week, they've been establishing their physicality, especially along the offensive line. And we're seeing steady improvement there. Even without Kenny Pickett getting the benefit of the experience uh, last week against the Ravens, which would have been invaluable. And in this week, um, the offensive line and is continually to gel. Um, and then we've seen the Steelers kind of step out of their comfort zone. Uh, yesterday against the Panthers and that they I said before the game in a uh, in an article that I thought the Steelers should you know abandon the status quo and start aggressively attacking the line of scrimmage calling some run blitzes you know take the running game away from these run heavy teams and force them to beat you over the top if they could beat you that way throwing the ball then you lose but they had to earn it Last week, the Ravens just ran it straight down the Steelers' throat. It was mano a mano. It was a test of the manhood, and the Steelers were found lacking. So yesterday, they, not only did they play more aggressively and attack the line of scrimmage, but they also played some personnel that they rarely play or ever uh, in Mark Robinson. And if you've seen hmm. his, when he was in there, he played seven snaps on defense. And he attacked the line of scrimmage and filled the hole on every one of them. That's the part of the mentality that they'd been missing. Uh, Terrell Edmonds run blitz yesterday. Uh, Spillane, a lot of the guys did. Um, and the regular contributors played much more physical and dominated the line of scrimmage. So you're just talking about the it was a dominating win. And it was because they dominated both lines of scrimmage. Now, the score didn't reflect it as much as the product on the field showed it because they dominated time of possession, overall yards, rush yards, what, 156 to 21? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's domination. Mm-hmm. And only, a good rushing team, Shannon. Oh, yeah, and the only reason that they only had the 24 points was because, you know, when you have two drives that take up, you know, over 13 minutes, well, excuse me, there was more than that. Uh, they had two drives that took up almost 19 minutes. So that, you know, both teams got fewer possessions. But on both of the possessions, the Steelers scored touchdowns. So that's what you want to see. They're they're establishing an identity, and that will help them in the future. So that's that's a really good, good uh, comment there, Shannon. Here's the reason why I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm not sure exactly where the Steelers rank as far as defense right now and points per game. But when you're looking at points per game, I think every single week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24, if you can get 24, that should be enough to win, especially with what they've been doing. 
So I I would think that that they can go ahead and win with twenty four, and but the time of possession is a big deal. I've I don't know. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't really tell you when or even what decade they had a twenty one yard drive. Huh. Excuse me, not twenty one yards. Excuse me, a twenty one play drive. Mm-hmm. I that that was absolutely incredible. Now it was extended a little bit because I believe. Deontay Johnson helped extend that, which I kind of want to talk about too. And, but I want to do that a little bit later. And I'm going to talk about um, the Steelers still showing a lack of discipline a little later on in the show. But let's continue with what they did right, what they did wrong. And when Shannon says the trenches, both sides of the ball, that's exactly what the Ravens did to him. And as bad as the Ravens played last week, when you control both sides of the ball, the other team doesn't have a chance, and that's why the Steelers did not play well in that game. If you saw if if the Steelers just had an assemblance, if they had the Mitch Trubisky of this week mm-hmm. in week 13, then we're really talking about them making the playoffs right now. But we're not, and that is not really the priority at this point. As Shannon White has always said, that it's about progression. It's about getting better. And you saw them get better. Tony, when we talk about this team getting better, where do you see them improving the most? And I know the offensive line is probably the number one thing to say, so I'm going to exclude that. But outside of that, where do you think they've improved? I just think this is going to be a very controversial thing to say, but I think that there's more continuity with with the call seems like there's more of a uh, as shannon said an identity you know i mean you, you can kind of see what they're doing you can kind of see them building uh from one play to the next now you know that that's to me that's the thing i'm most impressed with over these last uh, few weeks is is the way that uh this offense seems to be uh like i said against after the falcons game it's this close to breaking through and we saw last week you know it, it's a big it's a big if but if, if mitch Trubisky doesn't throw those uh three picks <laughs> especially the two that were in the red zone. I mean, that's a, that's a blowout, you know, it's a blowout win. So, you know, it's, it, to me, you, you kind of see what you're, you, you kind of, you can kind of see the plan now on offense. You can kind of see what, what Matt Canada is all about and, and the flow of the game uh, uh, with him, him as the offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's going to be here next year. I really don't care right now. Uh, to me, that's the biggest improvement is, is the offensive continuity from what you saw before the buy to what you see now. Shannon White, about an hour or two ago, Andrew Filipponi had a tweet that he was talking to a Steelers insider. And with every win and each and every week with towards the remainder of the season, if they continue and improve like this, that it seems like Matt Canada is a lock to stay with this team. What do you say to something like that? And do you think that just uh, you know playing well at the end, does that excuse what happens for an offensive coordinator throughout the uh, the terrible play and the terrible play calling for the first 10 games of the season? It doesn't excuse it, but it shows an ability to adapt and to improve. I mean, you have to be judged on a per-week basis. And I've been slow to give Canada credit uh, of a lot of the changes because they've simplified a lot of the offense, which, you know, with – you know, very positive results. Like on, like yesterday, Trubisky on one play, he threw two balls that were possible, you know, interception worthy. One was tipped and that, you know, you can't help that. And there was another one that he threw right between uh, a tight end and Sims uh, and two defenders. And, you know, it, you know, it, it fell harmlessly, wasn't intercepted. But I, I immediately was wondering, why did they have both of those receivers that close together in the first place? That happens a lot. I don't, you know, in the week prior on uh, Trubisky's first interception, Sim said he was, uh, you know, held up and he wasn't able to clear the zone fast enough. Um, so maybe that happened again, but it's your responsibility, even if you are a decoy on that route, that you've got to get through that and clear that route and, and drag your guy through there. And it happened, almost happened again yesterday. And then after that, if you notice, Trubisky did not go to, or even look to the middle of the field hardly at all. That's why Firemuth, one of the reasons he had no 
targets all day. So I, I want to give him credit. And I agree that if he continues and the offense continues to improve and have success for the rest of the year, you know, it is more than likely that they will bring him back and give him that second year to see what him and Pickett and company can do. But I, I'm still not completely sold yet. Well, Rod Neiser asks, is it just me or did you guys notice an improvement in play calling? Yes, there was definitely an improvement in play calling. But here's a big but. Here's a Casey Hampton size but. And I'm going to throw it out there. And I'm going to throw it to you, Tony. I have noticed this. Matt Canada can call a game. But the minute that there's adversity, the minute there's a fly in the ointment, the minute that there's a booger in the peanut butter, which I hope you guys have never experienced. I haven't, but it just sounded good right now. Uh, the minute that happens, not good as in good. It just sounded like it just popped <laughs> off my head. You know how I do that. Um, the minute that happens, the man falls apart and the scheme falls apart. And I would caution the Steelers from this being fool's gold, because remember the, the teams that you have that you're calling well against is the AFC, the NFC South and your, and the AFC South being the, uh, the Colts. So when you're beating up on the little sisters of the poor, that's a good thing. And I always say it doesn't matter who you're beating, but when you're talking about the play calling, I think that's a different story. Tony, would you agree on that? I mean, to an extent, but I mean, you're also talking about the Steelers as possibly being the little sisters of the poor themselves. I mean, they're, they're, again, they're a big rebuilding and a big rebuilding phase and, and they have such a, they've had so many wholesale changes on offense the last two or three years. I mean, they have a virtually a new offensive line, obviously new quarterbacks, uh, new backfield, new tight end, and of course a new uh, offensive coordinator. So, so, you know, there's going to be uh, problems at certain points in the game when you got all that going on at one time and, and the opposition throws a, 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 a curveball at you. And so, and you have to respond to that. So the, the question is uh, how is he going to respond as a coordinator in the future when he's faced with the same uh, adversity in the game, and I think uh, will will we get to see that next year? I don't know, but but um, to me, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard if if the second half of the season it, you continue to see this improvement with the offense, regardless of who they're playing. It's gonna be hard to to make a change at OC when you have a, a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett, uh, and you want to keep him uh, as close to the same track. Uh, as you can after his rookie year, it's going to be kind of hard to like change things up again and bring in a whole new uh, system. So that, that's my only thing. Now, if the offense uh, regresses from this point on, then yeah, see, see you later, Matt Canada. But if they continue to on this, you know, this slow, steady improvement through the end of the year, again, regardless of who they're playing, it's going to be hard to, to walk away from Matt Canada simply because of Kenny Pickett. Now I want to bring up this comment. It's not really going off subject, but it is for a second. Seth Bell says, you guys keep me going at work. And I'm working uh, 60 hours a week at the post office right now mm -hmm. for the holidays. And you guys really help me make through that as well as this is a great win for the Steelers. So thanks so much, Seth. What you're doing with the post Can office. I uh, you know, I, I'll let you go in a second. What you're doing. We really appreciate everything you're doing. So thanks so much, Tony. I know you have experience with this. Yes, I wanted to uh, echo Seth's uh, comment and feel his pain because I was in that same boat a year ago at this time, and I was well. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't last. So, uh, the fact that Seth is uh, more resilient than me, I, I have respect for that. And uh, this is the, the toughest time of the year for the post office. Uh, they keep throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink, and they expect you to de to deliver it or sort it or make sure it goes to the right place. So, good luck, Seth, and and I'm glad we can be here for you to to. to to make your job a little easier. So happy holidays. And if you're FedEx, UPS, my dad retired from FedEx yeah. uh, years ago. If you're UPS, if you're DHL, if they still have that, if you're Amazon, which is, you know, you guys are working hard and we appreciate everything that you all do. So, so thank you this holiday season. But the reason I brought that comment up because Seth brought another comment up and I think that if we give Canada and this full offense an entire offseason together to learn, grow, and mesh together, we will see a much better and more explosive offense next season. They are all young. So I'm noticing Canada is starting to get some support 
because of that. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the one that is so skeptical because I this is the third season I've seen parts of this movie. I know he was not the offensive coordinator in 2020, but his fingerprints were here and there. And I bought into the fact. And now with year number three of Canada, I'm ready to shut down the border. So that's that's where mm-hmm. I am with Matt Canada. So Shannon, mm-hmm. um, I know you talked earlier about you were you've been slow to the uptake on Canada as well, but is this? I'm I'm just worrying that this is this is uh, the last gasp to save your job, and doesn't that need to be here in September? Well, really good. Uh, and talented offensive players are important, and they can make an offensive coordinator look really good, and a lack of talent can make an offensive coordinator look really bad. And we've, as you said, 2020, he was basically, you know, just an assistant. Then last year, it was supposed to be his offense, but, you know, again, we all agreed he did not have all the components he needed to run his offense. Well, this year he has. And, of course, there's going to be some, you know, a slow improvement, most likely, when you're moving from your franchise quarterback to uh, a first-year veteran and a rookie. So I'm I'm willing to give his offense and some of the struggles they've had this year a pass, and and I have admitted that they are starting to look better. Uh, Part of that's player usage and player improvement. My biggest thing is not only is it play calling, but it's play design. And I and I keep mentioning having multiple receivers in the you know the same area run the wrong route. Um, some things are, you know, it's in the it's in the the game plan, the and when you call plays, not just the play and play design, but when you call them, and does his motion create? Uh, and reveal what it's meant to. And it, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, again, when you run uh, Osowski in on those sweeps, but you never throw it to him, it always signals a running play. Uh, you know, defenses pick up on that. And, and then that's why you get a team like Cincinnati saying, we knew what the Steelers were doing in the second half. They did not adjust from the first half to the second half. As you said, if his original plan works, he's, you know, he's looking pretty good and the players are executing. But if that doesn't happen, he has trouble adjusting, which has been a problem with the Steelers for a good while now. So, you know, I, I'm not ready to bring him back. I'm not ready to say, you know, uh, for sure that he needs to go. But the rest of this season should tell him a lot. Tony, the Steelers say they win their next three games, which is absolutely possible because the, you know, the, the Ravens are struggling. They're hurt. They're uh, you know, you bring back mm-hmm. a guy like Lamar Jackson and you still have the potential that he is hobbled and he cannot do all the great things that he does. So they win those games. They end up nine and eight, not in the playoffs, but they end up nine and eight. And that's a spectacular change from being two and six at one point at the uh, possible midway point of the season. I mean, I don't even know when the midway point of the season is. I, I'm almost thinking it's uh, it's like halftime of the ninth game, if you're, if you're honest mm-hmm. at this point. But so all I'm going to say about that, Tony, is are you are you looking at the whole season if you're making the decision here? Or are you looking at how they finish and how they gelled? And are you worried about the continuity for a second-year quarterback, which Kenny Pickett will be next year? I think you have to look at how they've improved. If they continue to improve over the last three weeks, you have—I mean, you—you you, you can't discount the fact that that you—you know, you have a new—you had a new quarterback at the start of the year, whether it was Trubisky, and then a rookie quarterback in Pickett uh, starting with week four. You can't discount that if you're if you're Mike Tomlin or. Omar Khan or, or Art the second, you have to take that into consideration. And, and you can't discount the fact that you had two new guys again on the offensive line. You're, you're dealing with a second year uh, left tackle and Dan Moore, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you have a rookie receiver and Kenny uh, George Pickens, who was a major uh, contributor 
So, I mean, you have all these, these, um, these opponents coming together over the course of the season and, and as player in week one, he, that, that was a big defense and that the pass rush and the, the disruption that, that, that he helped to create and you, you without him, what, six weeks, seven weeks. So you, you had to take that into consideration too. So the rebound from two and six, and if they w- would finish at nine and eight, I think that has to uh, be a feather in the cap of, of the, the entire coaching staff going into next year. And uh, to me, if I'm the brain trust, I have to, I have to factor all that in, especially Kenny Pickett going into year two, uh, as I think it was Rod, not Rod, Ron Neiser, if I remember, remember that name, right. Said going into, uh, changing a, a offensive coordinator in, uh, in year two, um, of a, a, a rookie quarterback is a lot different than doing so with a 10 year vet. So you have to really That's consider totally. that strongly, especially if you're showing great improvement in, 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 in going into year two. Well, let's wrap this part up with our very own Kevin Tate. Tate, boys, I was hoping for a 49ers-Rams-type offense. Keep Solly, KP, and bring in a new OC. I'm kind of with Tate, boys. And uh, you got to check him out and check out all of uh, the We Run the North crew. Just a a fantastic show. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, And the reason why is they they have fun. I got a guest. Tate, you got to bring me on the show. Just because I want to be called the homie bad, because um, you, you mm-hmm. the the staff there are called the homies, and I want to be a homie. So <laughs> there you go. So bring me on the show, Tate boys, and um, we are going to. There's going to be another one of those shows coming up this week. It might be. Uh, it might run a little bit earlier because of it's Christmas Eve and it's going to be game day. That show usually runs on Saturdays, so. Um, we might actually uh, move that up a few hours, move up a few shows, a few hours, getting ready for the Raiders and getting ready for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the, those jerseys. It's it's going to be glorious. We've got a second half to talk about. I want to talk about Deontay Johnson, and uh, I'm actually going to uh, shock everybody, and yeah, I'm going to throw some praise on him as well. So um, that's going to really, really confuse a lot of people. But we're going to do that when we come back. So what I need you to do, I need you to just stick around here. We will be right back for part two of a Victory Monday hangover. It's a good kind of hangover. We're going to be back right after that. Worst looking man you've ever seen. There I am on the subway train. Little JCB, Jerry Cherry Band. Maybe you should check him out. That's a good gift. Uh, if you're giving somebody the gift of iTunes, throw in some JCB. I'm a big fan of Married to Myself. That is a great album as well. So definitely check it out uh today i am still married to the steelers it's uh it's going on 51 years of uh of a relationship uh as my dad would say i've been married 56 years uh i've been happily married for uh 44 of them so that's kind Mm -hmm. of uh where i am with the pittsburgh steelers so (laughs) uh but you know what i'm still proud to be i'm never faithful to this relationship always going to be there the pittsburgh steelers they beat they did they beat the carolina panthers it looked they looked pretty good and i think the biggest stat you can look at a lot of stats you can look at i mean gosh third down conversions you can look at time of possessions but look at drops and there were not there were i i didn't see any i if there was one i didn't see it and the guy that we've been on all year long we have been busting on this guy, I have been. You might have not been, but I'm on DJ18 like crazy. Deontay Johnson has been my whipping post this year because he has not played well. I think now he has 53 catches. He still does not have a touchdown, but you cannot argue with 10 targets and 10 receptions for 98 yards. I will take mm-hmm. that. That's great. 
I am going to shut up about the fact that I thought the penalty was stupid and we still need to grow up a little bit, but I'm going to take that effort on the field. Shannon White, DJ 18, Deontay Johnson looked pretty good yesterday. He caught everything they threw at him. So that's a step in the right direction. 10 targets, 10 catches. Um, the running game was working. Um, so he had a, a lot of favorable one-on-one matchups, and we know that hardly anybody covers Johnson one-on-one in space, especially on the shorter throughouts like that. So um, he still caught a couple of balls and went backwards and had to really hustle to get back to where he originally caught the ball. One time he actually lost the yard, which I was about losing it. Um, the penalty, he says he didn't see the Jets player. And the guy was on the ground sitting there. He says he didn't see him. And then you notice that after he was flexing, he looks down and kind of hovers over him. And that's where the penalty was thrown. But it was ironic because on the first Steelers touchdown, when they scored on their first opportunity, the, the camera flipped over to Tomlin on the sidelines and he takes a couple of steps on the field and he double flexes, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, I can't, and it got the players all riled up and, you know, Hey, that's great. So how can Tomlin take DJ on the sidelines and criticize him and discipline him in any way when he was only mimicking the very thing that Tomlin did on the first offensive score of the game. So, although I was really mad and I wanted him to be, have a good, you know, really a stern talking to at the very least, you know, Tomlin had to kind of just pat him on the back and be like, okay, we got to, we got to be self-aware and, and realize where we are and on the field and what part of the and game. And DJ is. wasn't even looking at him when he was, he had his head. No, he, at first he was. Yeah. And then he looked down and he's like, oh man. Because he was already <laughs> in, his, in his flicks. And so I buy that excuse from Johnson. I was, I understand him being excited because that might be the first time all year that he actually broke a tackle to drive forward for a first down. So it was a big play, even though the penalty immediately, you know, knocked him back. But I knew that Tomlin couldn't criticize him too much because he had done that exact same maneuver earlier in the game. Hmm. Tony, I'm I'm not agreeing with Shannon on this completely. I mean, I, I get what he's saying. And, you know, it's, I mean, it has merit. It's just, I, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Tony, are you? I mean, it looked like to me, like he was, he was, uh, uh, he saw him and he was, he was flexing in his face, but I, I have a very complicated relationship with these stupid uh, taunting calls because i mean these are grown men out there and they're, they're talking trash to each other the whole game and you mean to tell me you're gonna you're gonna ruin this guy's life by 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 flexing in his face come on i mean that's just you're allowed that you're allowed to like do the uh uh uh, uh duck duck goose after you score a touchdown the whole team can you know run to the end zone and and and, and do a pose after an interception but you can't flex in somebody's face that's gonna that's gonna ruin to me it's just it's just silly that games can, can potentially be decided on stuff like that and I realized Johnson was wrong and it was stupid for him to do that. It was the greatest play he made all year that to, to pick up that first down to, to evade all those uh, defenders to pick up that first. Down. I thought he looked, it was spectacular. And to follow up with that, he has to use his head there. Uh, and, and so I don't absolve him of, of, of what happened because you have to know the rules and you can't do that. But to me, it's just, I just think these rules are, some of these rules are just dumb and, and, and these are grown men and they shouldn't, you know, you, talk, you, you want to talk about violence and, and taking that out of the game and, and protect, protecting the player's safety, that's fine. But this stuff, I mean, games shouldn't be decided, potentially decided on this kind of thing. All right, so let's talk about the other penalty. And the reason I'm laughing is because I still don't know what happened with Marcus Allen. I have no clue what that was. I know. I talked to Tony first on this because Shannon, Shannon uh, wants his playbook. So, <laughs> Tony... The Marcus Allen thing. Do you even know what happened? Because I, I mean, it it kind of looked like you know in the movies when 
a guy is dazed and he, he just got his just got his head knocked off and he goes to the other sideline by by mistake. It, that that was in one of the football movies. I mean, that might have been in the replacements or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what was going on with Marcus Allen, Tony? I don't know. I I don't know what what possibly what he was possibly thinking on on that in that instance, other than nothing good can come from that. Nothing good was going to come from him going to the the special the, the opposing team special teams huddle at the break and and standing in there and, and talking or just looking at them. They were going to throw a flag. There's no question they were going to throw a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct. So uh, to me, that's a bit different than what Deontay Johnson did because that's in the heat of the moment and blah blah blah. Uh, 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 Marcus Allen, I, I have no clue what he was thinking and and and. You know, I don't know if you know people say oh, he should be cut and everything. Well, we have to understand, we have to realize that you know they're not probably not going to do that because I'm sure Mike Tomlin considers him to be a valuable player for special teams. So that's not going to happen, but but he should probably be fined. I mean, they should probably fine him heavily for for that because that could have cost them the game. Uh, I, I don't know. That's I've never seen anything like that in my life. I don't know what what the heck that's all about. Other than he finally got himself a, a Google search that's ahead of the Hall of Famer Marcus Allen. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Are you cutting him, Tony? Your GM for the day. Are you cutting him? No, because like I said, you know, it's easy for us to say in the heat of the moment. Um, if they would have cost him the game, who maybe if they were like a serious contender and, and it really ruined their their seating or something, then maybe. But I I, I think you got to give him a, a, a break after just one one play or one stupid mistake, I should say. So you've said heat of the moment a lot. So that made Jerry Cherry. Just throw in Here the Moment by Asia. Great song, 1982. That is a fantastic rock song. Now, this is what we've all been waiting for. I was talking about this on the preview. I could not wait to talk. I mentioned you by name, Shannon, that I could not wait to hear. Not on the preview, excuse me, on the post-game show. I couldn't wait to hear this because you've got a different opinion. You're, You're sending them out of town. You're sending them back to Penn State, right? Bring it. When when the when it first happened, uh, you know it was between the third and fourth quarter. Now the Steelers had just had back to back sacks by Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward, setting up a fourth and twenty eight or twenty nine, and the Panthers are going to have to punt. Pretty much, you know, ball game because I think it was twenty four ten at the moment, if I remember correctly, and I was just so excited. And it comes back, and when the when the camera is back on, you see the interim coach Wilkes for the Panthers, and he's pissed, and he's telling his guys to get back over on the sidelines. And I was like, "Oh boy, what are the Panthers guys have done something stupid?" And and now he's upset. So I was expecting. I see the flag, you know, down at the bottom of the screen. I'm like, "What did the Panthers do?" And then they showed the replay of Marcus Allen wandering aimlessly across the field and just happened to wander in to the Panthers' huddle. Uh, and naturally, you know, you, you they're looking at him like, what are you doing here? And it causes, you know, some commotion, and the refs are forced to call, throw a flag. You, you know, the whole point of the taunting penalty, if by definition, that is taunting. That's like, we're winning. We've just stopped you. We're in control of this game. And I'm going to feel comfortable enough on the road to wander into your huddle and, you know, try to embarrass you. There's no other way to look at that. It makes no sense to go into that huddle because, as Tony said, nothing good's going to come from that. <laughs> um, when you're a fringe baseline NFL player who is not highly sought after around the NFL – you don't do those kind of things. There has to be some kind of discipline because those kind of actions by anybody on the team can cost you a game in the future after you're farther along in this rebuilding process and hopefully being a contender. So that was Bush League. That's unacceptable for anybody, but especially a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I want Tomlin to make some kind of of example, it doesn't have to be for me. I don't have to see it. It don't have to be on the news that, hey, he cut him, and we see that Tomlin's in control. 
But the players need to see that there is repercussions for your actions. Because if not, you're going to get that kind of stupidity happening again in the future. And next next time you might not be so lucky. My, my problem is this. You know, look, I'm not cutting the guy. I'm just not. Um, but, and the reason being is because he is a part of a unit. He's a part of a special team unit that uh, you don't really want to disrupt that for that. I am definitely thinking about this in the off season when I'm talking about bringing him back. I'm definitely thinking about this um, even more if they lose. Yeah, I mean, we're having a different conversation if they lose. This is the top. I mean, this is we're talking about this in the first five minutes if they lose, <laughs> yeah. and because the, it would be the the major turning point. And it's a shame that we would have to do it, win or lose. I would expect Mike Tomlin to deal with it. I hope he deals with it. I agree with you on that, Shannon. Um, like I said, I'm not. Ron Schultz says he needs to do the team's laundry this week. I love it. <laughs> yeah, do, do that. Yeah, I mean, you need to you need to go do the Duncan run. All right, you, you gotta you get get everybody munchkins. It's gonna be okay. Hey, Vince Williams came out and said I did stupid things, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bust on Chico. I guess that's his his nickname. But all I'm gonna say is, yeah, that that's a bad look, and I don't get it. And we 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 look at uh, so many other guys around the league doing crazy things, but I never saw that. All I know is this has been a crazy NFL weekend. I saw stuff that I've never seen before. We have never seen a comeback like we have, like we did on Saturday. We never saw Vikings Colts like that before. We never saw, I have never in my life seen an interception like you saw in the Tennessee game. Tennessee and the Chargers, the guy is in the back of the, he's out of bounds. He has the presence of mind to act like it's a punt on the one yard line and flip it back to his fellow defender for the interception. Uh, never in my life have I seen it. If it's happened, I would be, I mean, I've never seen that highlight and you almost, almost need to do it. And I really, I don't think I've really seen a play like that, uh, that play in the, at the end of the Raiders Patriots game. Never. Whoa. It's it's like the Hollywood writers came back from like a long weekend, like like a great week, all inspired, and put this together. I mean, it was it was a crazy NFL weekend, and I'm not talking about the other craziness, which was Washington and and New York. That was just egregious. I'm Miami and Buffalo with the <laughs> snow, and that was nuts. This was just a heck of a NFL weekend. And the Steelers had a normal game. So with what Marcus Allen did, yeah, in week 15 was probably five or six down the list. It's really funny, but because it happened with in a yeah. Steeler game, we're talking about it. So and definitely all I know that we're talking about is you've got a game this week. And this is a game we're asking what difference will this Carolina win make? I think the big difference it makes is it gets you ready and gets you fired up for a Christmas Eve game at home for an anniversary of one of the greatest plays in the history of football. And you would expect this team. They're definitely going to be the favorites. I would think going into this game and it's, it's could be a trap game. This is a tough Raiders team. Trust me coming off of a crazy win like they did, but it's going to make a difference to this team on the way they approach the rest of the season and the way they prepare for 2023 and the way they're made up. And that includes Matt Canada. That includes a lot of things. The way they finished this season and the way they started off with this rebound win against Carolina after the Ravens debacle gets you on footing to make you think, I don't think it's going to be 15 and one like 2004. All I'm going to say, it's you're going from 2003 to 2004. And Dave Schofield brought this up yesterday. It's not a situation where you're looking for a quarterback in the draft. You are looking for, if you're picking at 14 and you continue to win and you end up picking at 18, that's fine because you're not trying to get that, that transcendent player. So with that being said, I think this game makes a big difference, fellas. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like I said earlier, it's it's a sign that they're that they're heading in the right direction. You know, they're they're not quite there yet, as evidenced by how they performed against the uh, the the Bills and, and the Eagles earlier in the year, and 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 how they let games against the Bengals and Ravens get away. I mean, these are all uh, playoff teams, and some of them two Super Bowl contenders. So they still have a ways to go, but they're heading in the right direction. And I'm so I'm looking. I am so excited about this Raiders game. I wish I wish the circumstances were a little bit different. You know, maybe eight and six versus eight and six instead of the opposite of that. But, but um, you know, what what a way for the this game that to um come about after after what you know I mean I should say what a way for the Raiders to head into this game with the craziest play, one of the craziest plays ever. I've never seen anything like that. You know, uh, the, the, my, I have a good friend who's a Patriots fan. He he texted me, "I'm numb after that." Uh, the Raiders better not ever complain about the tuck rule ever again. So, you know, this is with the Raiders, with their, with their complicated history with, uh, with controversial calls. Um, I think it's fitting that they come into this game on the heels of, of that, uh, of the ending of that Patriots game on uh, Sunday. I'm still pissed about the tuck rule. Shannon White, <laughs> you ready for some Raiders? Um, I hope the Steelers are. Because the Raiders are just like, you know, the Steelers kryptonite, as we all know. The records don't mm -hmm. matter. You know, at least the Steelers have had some success against the Raiders in Pittsburgh. So I'm, I'm kind of hanging my hat on that. But the Raiders just seem to always cause the Steelers fits. And, you know, this is a very important game, the 50th anniversary game. And, uh, retired Franco's number, and so hopefully the the Steelers will will you know step up and and take care of business. Well, let's get it going. Let's uh, get excited for it. Make sure you check out all of BTSC's content. There's so much good stuff. We're going to be coming up tomorrow morning with another episode of From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict. Then it's the fix with. Jeremy Betts, Jeff calls him Jerome because Jeff has, he he calls people what he wants to call them. <laughs> he changes their name. He, if, he loves the name Jerome for some reason because he wants to call Najee his middle name Jerome and it's not either. So he's, he's a big Jerome guy. So with that, also Andrew Wilbar's on that show. Fantastic stuff. They're going to be looking at free agents for the new season and there that's why we have so much different content still going to be talking about the game that just happened but they're going to be talking about the future because they look at different things that's why it's called the fix and then you're going to have another episode of the scobro shows uh you know i wish i was a sco so i i'm kind of like uh an honorary sco so i i love checking out that show it's great to i don't have a i never had a brother so if i did we would have the bad show um, well, whatever his name would be, if he was older then it would be his show and then who knows, but anyways, with that being said, let's get on out of here. I just rambled on about nothing, but Hey, I want to tell you this, this is going to be our last show before the Christmas holiday. So I'd like to give each, both of you an opportunity just to, um, just a couple to go ahead and, uh, wish everybody in Steeler nation a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. So I'll start with Shannon. Well, I was I wasn't thinking about it till after I started the show, and I would have put on my Santa hat. And hmm. you know, then you know everybody's like, "Oh, it's Santa!" But but really, I just, <laughs> we appreciate everybody, uh, uh, all the listeners, the faithful listeners. It's been a rough season, and you know our numbers have reflected it. But you know, again, the cream rises to the top, and the faithful. Uh, are always there and we value each of you uh god bless you and your families and merry christmas Tonster. i echo those sentiments of shannon's and, and you too brian uh we couldn't do this stuff without you guys uh you keep us going these shows uh the articles everything uh we do it with you in mind and uh i wish you nothing but a, a very special uh and happy holiday merry christmas uh whatever you're celebrating this year I hope it's it's safe and wonderful and, and, and full of nothing but bliss and joy. And I can't wait to talk to you again uh, next week. No matter what your situation is, no matter where you are in life, 
if you're on these live chats or if you're listening in your car, if you're listening on your shift at at the uh, uh, at the hospital or at if you're listening at the post office or you're a security guard and you're checking out us, we appreciate you. So that means that you are a member of our family. We talk about Steeler Nation. We talk about our Steeler family. You are our BTSC family, and that's a very important thing. You know, so we really appreciate you. Um, there's going to be other shows. Don't worry, Randy. There's other shows this week. This is just our last show together, the three of us, the terrible trio of Bad, Shannon, and Tony. So uh, the three horsemen. Can I go? Can I get a three? Um, so it's just the last hangover. So that's what we're looking at, but we're going to have another hangover next week. We're, there's going to be another one in December. It's just going to be after the Christmas holiday. But remember, you are so important to us. And if you need us, we're here. You could text us. You could tweet us. You could email us. BTSC is your family, and we love you. So thank you very much for all that you do for us. You're amuses. We cannot do this stuff without you. We would it would be three of us just talking smack to each other, <laughs> and nobody wants to hear that. So uh, you're a big part of it. So with that being said, make sure you check out the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything you need from behind the steel curtain, and make sure that you take care of each other. Be with your family. Be with your loved ones, or be with us here at BTSC. God bless y'all. So for Shannon, for Tony, my name is Bad. And just when you think that you've got all of the answers, daddy. We keep changing the questions. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, you <laughs> filthy animals. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I needed that woo. All right. Steelers win. 